That's great. Wow, you're singing really well. So much energy coming out from you. That's fantastic. Life, life is the name of the game. Bruce Forsyth, what a legend in his own time. That's amazing. The more I watched him on YouTube, the more I thought, wow, I can learn off this man. (laughs) So we're talking about life, life, because life is the name of the game. And the question, the question as we start out is, where do you, I feel a little nervous walking on you, I don't know why, maybe it's because I know there's loads of water underneath, but life, and the question, where do you feel most alive? Now some people may say that they feel most alive when they're scared half to death, like leaping off a mountain with a a parachute strapped to their back. Is that anybody here? Anyone into that type of danger activity? No, not very dangerous, these people. Some people may say that they feel most alive when they're relaxed beyond belief, like on some tropical island getaway. Is that anybody? That's more like it, isn't it? The tropical island getaway. Life, a feeling alive. And this is the day when we celebrate life, the life of Jesus, and that he not only lived and died, but that he rose again to life. And in the next 10 minutes, I'm going to tell the story of that life from footprints, footprints in the sand to everlasting life. And there's a a scripture, a scripture that I want to use as I tell that story. And it comes in 2 Corinthians 3, and it's verses 2 to 3. And it says this, I'm going to read it to you. You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Let's just pray at that moment. Lord Jesus, I pray that your word would speak to us. Lord, this is the day when we celebrate life. We celebrate your life, the fact that you rose again. And Lord, you're right here now, present with us. And Lord, I pray right from the outset, we'd be open to your word and you'd speak it to each of us. Whether we're a child in your presence, whether we're a teenager in your presence, whether we're an adult in your presence, Lord, you'd speak through your word into our hearts. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, have you ever looked across a beach in the first light of day? I'm trying to convince my Rach that this is Wales, but she's not getting it at the moment. (laughs) It's not Wales. But have you ever looked across a beach in the first light of day? Children, I think you know what I'm talking about here. A beach where the the sand is untouched and and there's not a mark on it. And then the day's activities happen. And there are footprints, footprints across the beach going in all different direction and there are holes dug and there are daddies buried under there and there are sandcastles built and there are moats going down to the sea. There is evidence of life, life. And that's where it starts with Jesus on a beach as he walked beside the sea of Galilee. 
And he called fishermen to, to join him, to, to come and become his disciples. And from there, he continued to walk and, and to teach and, and to work miracles. And he, he continued to heal and deliver people. And the disciples, they, they followed him. And there was an incredible amount of activity around Jesus over those three years. And you read about it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What we call the Gospels that, that come in the first half of the New Testament. And there was, there was an incredible amount of evidence, evidence of life. Evidence of life transforming life. There were footprints. Footprints of, of Jesus left behind that we can follow. And we can read about. And we can let the life speak to us. But then, one day, one day when Jesus was 33, that life was ended. It was ended cruelly on a cross. Jesus was killed by the people that he came to save. It was a a devastating moment. All hopes were dashed. And for the disciples, it was dark and they waited. Jesus' body was was taken down and it was was placed in a a tomb and a stone. A stone was rolled across the entrance. And the Sabbath, the Sabbath, that holy day began and ended in silence. And can you imagine, can you imagine if that was the end of it? If that tomb had become a a tombstone. Sure, sure people, they would have have gone, they would have have talked of of Jesus as a a holy man, as a a great teacher, as a a miracle worker. They would still have travelled. They would have gone on a pilgrimage to to see that tomb and that tombstone. It would have become a, a sacred site. But life, life transforming life that would have ended there nothing else certainly we wouldn't be here now gathering together I mean who would follow a man whose claims about himself had been proved wrong now for me for me what speaks most what symbolizes life the most is our hearts our hearts which pump blood around our bodies. Apparently, the uh, human heart, the human embryonic heart, it starts to beat around 22 days after conception, at a rate near the mother's heart. And over a, an average lifespan of, say, 66 years, although I think I may plan on living a little longer than that, but that's what you get off Google. Average lifespan of 66 years, our hearts will beat 2.5 billion times. 2.5 billion times. That is absolutely amazing. Children, do you know how to find your pulse? Do you know how to do that with with your wrist? Just check your pulse now. Just make sure your heart's beating. That's it. Just put your thumb on your wrist. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. That's it. Mine's a little fast, but that's understandable. So you've got your pulses. That's great. Everyone's confident they've got their pulse. Good. Emotionally speaking, emotionally speaking as well, Our hearts, our hearts, we use them to express our emotions and and our passions. If you're writing a a love letter, just some advice, some romantic advice from the person who proposed to his wife on Red Car Beach, but that was a couple of weeks ago that I 
told you that story. Some romantic advice. When you're writing a, a love letter, you don't talk about logic and, and science. You talk about your heart, your heart, your desires, your feelings, your emotions. Our hearts are incredible. But when they stop, we stop. And that is sadly often the end unless our hearts can be restarted. And our hearts and our our lives, they are linked together. They're connected together in biology, in emotion, in, in language. And with Jesus, with Jesus, his heart had stopped. He was dead. But that wasn't, that wasn't the end. On the first day of the week, two women, followers of Jesus, both called Mary, they went to look at the tomb. And as they were As they were standing there, the earth shook with a a violent earthquake and an angel of the Lord came down from heaven. The angel rolled back the stone and and sat on it. The Bible says that the angel's appearance was like lightning and that the angel's clothes were as white as snow. And I love that scene. I love that scene. It's so decisive. So like you were expecting this, you were expecting this silence and darkness and, and death. But actually it's this, it's noise, noise from the violent earthquake. It's, it's light like lightning from heaven. And it's life, supernatural life with an angel of the Lord. And the angel spoke and he said, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. He has risen. Jesus is alive. Death was defeated because Jesus was and is the Son of God. He is the life, not only living and dying, but rising again to become the transforming life, the supernatural life, the life that cannot be held down, the life that cannot be stopped, the life that overflows and renews and revives. And to be honest, to be honest, when you've risen from the dead, you don't need to say much more. It's the life, the life that speaks. And with what we're going to watch together in a moment, with the baptisms, you may think, you may think, what is happening there? It may be a question you have. And it's all about the person. The person who is being baptized is them connecting themselves with the death and the life of Jesus. And you can see it, you can see it there with the baptism as, as going down into the water and saying that the old life, the old way of living is dead, buried under the water. But that isn't the end. Because coming up, coming up out of the water is saying that the new life, the new way of living is alive, is alive with Jesus. And with what? With what we're going to listen to as these people who are going to be baptized as they tell their own stories of how they met Jesus, of how he is transforming their lives. We will see and we will hear evidence that Jesus is very much alive. And that scripture, the scripture, the one that we started with, it was written by the Apostle Paul, who wrote many of the letters that come in the the second half of the New Testament. He was writing to a church, a church in Corinth, But he could have been writing to us here and now. And he was talking about the evidence, the evidence that would tell people that Jesus was alive. And today, today if you're looking for that evidence, 
then look at these people, the people who are going to be standing here, the people who are about to be baptized. It is you yourselves, you who are being baptized. It is you. It is your stories written on your hearts, being told and being heard and being known and being read by everybody here. It is you who show that you are a letter from Christ to us. It isn't written with ink, but by the Spirit. It isn't written on tablets of stone, but on your hearts, on human hearts. Let their lives speak. And for me, and for me, the the answer to that question that we started with, where do you feel most alive? It isn't a place, but it is a person. It is a person. It was Jesus living in me. That's where I feel most alive. And believing in Jesus, making that decision, isn't just to put a tick in a box next to something else that we believe in. It is to follow, to follow in his footprints. It is to let him transform us and to transform our lives. It is for him to come and live with us in our hearts and to lead us into life, into everlasting life. We're going we're gonna to sing now. So if the worship team want to come back. And the song that we're going to sing is Light of the World. Light of the World, which speaks of Jesus coming down into darkness. And showing us the light. Leaving those footprints that we can follow back to him. And I want to encourage you, be open. Be open. When we listen to the stories of the people being baptized, when we watch them actually going down under the water. Let the life, let the life of Jesus, let their lives speak to you. There's going to be some movement on stage now just as these get taken away and you see the the baptistry underneath. Don't worry about that. Let's all just stand now and I'm going to pray. So if you want to stand... And I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing and then we're going to listen to these stories. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I pray that we'd be open to let the life speak, to let your life speak, the life of Jesus speak to us. And Lord, I pray we'd be open to these stories that are now going to be told of how you've met someone and how you've transformed their life. And Lord Jesus, I pray for each of us here whether we've been a Christian for a long time or whether we're not a Christian. Lord God, we'd encounter you in these moments that we've got together. I pray that in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.